Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Big things are happening in Michigan's biggest Lake Michigan shoreline city, Muskegon. The ski season will be behind us soon, but for real adventure skiers, there's still plenty of time to take on Mount Bohemia. We could use some laughs right now, and Grand Rapids is ready to supply them. And Michigan's Charter Boat Association is angling toward their 50th anniversary. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Really happy that uh, you have allowed me to come into your household or into your car or into your yard or wherever you might be. These days, uh, man, there are so many ways to listen, and we're really glad you are listening to the program today as we get to explore the uh, great state of Michigan. And I'm really excited about the lineup of uh, guests that we have today. So I hope you can stick around for the entire show. And Uh, We get to kick it off in my hometown of Muskegon. We get to talk about some of the really cool things happening there today. And and I will kick it off this way and introduce our guest because I think our guest is one of the, the big reasons why some of these really great things are happening in Muskegon today. The city manager of Muskegon, Frank Peterson, is our guest. Frank, it's good to have you on the program. Great. It's, it's great to be here. So we need to uh, tell people that Muskegon is so much more than what they might think Muskegon is because, let's let's face it, Muskegon went through the same thing that a lot of towns um, like Muskegon and, and like the entire state of Michigan went through at one time. Manufacturing loss, loss of jobs, uh, companies shutting down, all those things happened. It's, it's right. But that's in the past. And now... Uh, it's very obvious that Muskegon is one of those shining, uh, shining cities on the lakeshore that people need to check out. So, let's talk about what's happening there today. Uh, where do you want to start? You want to start downtown? Yeah, sure, sure. Downtown's a great place to start. Let's do that, uh, and let's start with kind of the business stuff first, because you had a really great groundbreaking. I think it was just about a year ago, of a new conference center right downtown, and uh, this is a really unique. Um, a, neat, a unique process that you went through where you brought private partners and public partners and and let's walk through this tell us about that conference center yeah sure so uh, Van Dyke Mortgage Convention Center right it's um it's for us it was one of our probably our largest you know um, you know local um, public project public works projects you know that didn't involve streets and water and sewer you know in a long time in Muskegon ended up making an investment of about um, $22 million to build the new uh, convention center that really just, it bridges the Delta Hotel to the Mercy Health Arena and provides great world-class space for, um, for, for um, you know, what you would call like trade shows or 
um, or, or just like conferences like uh, various tr trade associations and things like that, but also for events and what we're seeing is there are a lot of events that want to be um, that, that want to be in there. Um, you know, there's finally room, you know, most people would, would rent like the ballroom of the hotel or something like that before we, we built the um, convention center and, you know, this is really three times the size. So it yeah. gives people the ability to, to really host the events the way they want to host them now. But it's really smartly designed too because the hotel, which was once uh, a Holiday Inn, now it's a, is it a Delta hotel? Yeah, Delta by Marriott. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful hotel. And they, of course, they, they totally rehabbed that hotel downtown. So the conference center is attached to that. And it goes all the way to the, the hockey arena, which has also gone through some major, um, major work. So it's a beautiful facility, and it's great for uh, events. Uh, so you're going to be seeing that. So be looking for that when you go downtown. It's, it's going to really open up your eyes. Now, for, for folks who might head downtown, especially in the warmer months this coming season, the farmer's market is very impressive. Tell us about that as well. Oh, yeah. So the, the farmer's market was really, you know, the piece that kind of kicked off the redevelopment of the downtown, you know, what, eight, nine years ago. And um, it's outside of Detroit. It's the largest outdoor farmer's market in Michigan, we believe. Um, 15,000 visitors on a, you know, on a peak summer day. Um, you know, opportunity to get your the things you would expect, like fruits and vegetables, and you know, and baked goods and things like that. But also, we make it an event every single week. So there's you know, there's crafts there, there's um, live music, there's there's different sorts of you know, child activities and senior activities, and it's really meant to give give people a reason to not just come down and shop, but come down and be part of the community. Well, I think um, people would be surprised to know that there are like 75 new businesses that have moved into Muskegon recently, and that's uh, pretty obvious when you head downtown. But I think one of the interesting thing is, between this conference center we talked about and the farmer's market, in addition to these new buildings and such, you have, I guess what I call like a pop-up market, but with yeah. um, with buildings that are there, little little buildings there. Tell us about that. Yeah, so that's the Western Market, and it was it was really just designed to be the the intermediate step for somebody that wants to start a small business that doesn't really fit in at the farmers market anymore. So maybe you started at the farmers market, or maybe you didn't. Maybe you want to start a t-shirt shop. Maybe you want to start a little bakery or something like that. But we're we were trying to find a way for people to to get entrepreneurial spirit without having to mortgage their house, you know, or make a two hundred thousand dollars investment because you know, if it if it doesn't catch on, right, there's a, a big opportunity to, to lose your personal wealth. And so what we did were we built about, I think there's 15 of them there now, but 15 little chalets. We originally called them sheds. We found out that that's not the right thing to call them. Hmm. But we built these chalets. They're about, you know, some of them are 10 by 10. Some of them are a little bit bigger than that. And you can start your own business in there. And um, we provide support, marketing, and things like that. We host events around them. And then we encourage them all to work together. Um, and um, create an environment that's a positive shopping experience. So, for example, they have to be open on the same days, right? Like, I couldn't go in there and say, hey, I want to be open on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then you next door to me, you're only open on Saturday. You know, it doesn't work that way. Um, well, it's, they it's all just, and they're just cool, too, and I think they're just a lot of fun, and they'll, they'll really surprise people. This is, um, you know, all kind of in that place that used to be the big mall. It's so exciting to see what's happening in Muskegon. 40 new art pieces all around town. You need to check it out. Here's the website, muskegon.org. Check it out today, and our thanks to Frank Peterson for being with us today. 
We're going to head up to the Keweenaw to Mount Bohemia Ski Resort next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. I'm sure over the years you've heard us talk about Mount Bohemia way up there in Loch Labelle. That's that's you know the Keweenaw Peninsula, so it's it's way up there and it is way cool and it is really really beautiful. There are just so many reasons why you should check out the area and if you are a good skier, you love adventure skiing, you love kind of like that that backcountry skiing, this is the place to go to. And we have Lonnie Gleberman, who is the president of Mount Bohemia, on with us today. And Lonnie, I mean, I've tried to describe this some, to some degree, but I know I really can't describe it like you can. So why don't we start out that way. Tell us about Mount Bohemia. Just give us, you know, a background of a little bit of how you came to be what you are and what that experience is like. Yeah, great question. Um, Bohemia, Mount Bohemia, which is located in the northernmost part of the Keweenaw Peninsula, is is an anomaly in the Midwest. It skis like a section of Colorado ski resorts or a section of Utah. It feels and skis just like a western resort. We get close to 300 inches of snow a year, which is very similar to what you're going to see at Vail. And we have the most inbounds backcountry train that you'll find virtually anywhere east of the Rockies. So Bohemia feels more like a base camp to an adventure, like a Mount Everest adventure, mm. versus a commercial ski resort. We have great log cabins, we have a super cool Nordic spa, but it is a place for people looking to have a great time, experience adventure through skiing and snowboarding, some of the most interesting and challenging terrain east of the Rockies. Yeah, and, it, and it, you know, just the whole area is really beautiful. We have actually featured Mount Bohemia on some of our print materials, like in our uh, Travel Ideas magazine, right on the front cover because it's really awesome. Are you actually, you know, right on, right on the shoreline of Lake Superior or just a little bit off from it? We're about two miles from Lake Superior, but we're about a half mile from Loch LaBelle, which flows into Lake Superior. So when you're on top of Bohemia, you can see four lakes, Loch LaBelle, Deer Lake, Gratiot Lake, and two sides of Lake Superior. Now, normally, if, um, if I was asked about um, your, your place and, and somebody would say, now, what are some of the reasons I should go to Mount Bohemia? I would really kind of, you know, center in on what we've talked about here. But um, in addition to the actual skiing itself, you referenced the, uh, the lodge. Tell us about the places you can stay. I thought we lost you. Hold on. Yeah, so um, staying at Bohemia is like a little bit of a base camp of adventure. We've got log cabins, we got yurts, and we got trailside cabins. And while we say it's rustic luxury, all of our units have bathrooms and showers and electricity and Wi-Fi. But 
they're made to feel like you're at an adventure base camp. You're, you know, a beautiful log cabin, western red cedar from British Columbia. Um, we've got these yurts that are like the old Mongolian huts. They're really cool. They're right on the ski slopes. You ski to your door and you ski out from your door. And then we got trailside cabins. And it's all surrounded by the Nordic Spa, the ski runs, and the snowshoe trails, which many of our customers do in the late afternoon or evening. They go all the way around the 1,100-acre property. Now, I know normally you would have um, also your your um, kind of your partner hill just just up the way a little bit, uh, which is called Voodoo Mountain open. But you know that that's a little difficult to operate now because of COVID. And no, no, it's it's actually it's back open, Dave. Just to clarify, it was closed last year due to COVID. Um, but what we're doing now is we COVID test you with a rapid test oh. right before you get into the cat. So with technology now, we have the rapid test. And so we um, we rapid test you, you're negative, we take you to the cat, and you go out for a really great day of, of amazing snow cat skiing. So that all fits in with our theme of, 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 of a base camp adventure out in the wilderness and some of the best skiing in North America. And, I, and I'd like to add, Dave, we were the only Midwest resort that was put into the hunt. The National Geographic just produced a book called "The Hundred Best Ski Slopes in the World," and we're actually we're we're, we're proud that we were chosen as one of the hundred best ski slopes in the world. Um, we're in there with Switzerland, Austria, some places in Colorado, of course, in Utah. But we're we're probably one of 15 places in the United States that made the book. So we, we feel it's a big honor and we're proud and we're proud to represent Michigan um, in in a, a great ski book called National Geographic's 100 Best Ski Slopes in the World. Well, two reasons I'm really happy, you know, first off, being um, mentioned by National Geographic is always a good thing. But but just hearing that, that you're operating Voodoo Mountain as well is really cool. Tell, tell us how that works, because you, you arrive first at Mount Bohemia, right? That's correct. So 8.30 is, um, you get there, um, we, we rapid test you, and then we do an orientation on what it's going to be like, and then you load up with the two ski patrol guides and the driver into our Bohemia bus. The bus takes you about, you know, 12 minutes to the pickup point where the snowcat gets you. The snowcat takes you about 20 minutes into the wilderness. It drops you off on top of a mountain overlooking Lake Superior. And we've got about 300 acres of untouched ski terrain with about 15 people in your group. And you ski up and down all day with amazing views and amazing powder. That, that really is something so very unique and so very cool. Now, and it's it's the only one. I'll add, it's the only one really east of the Rockies in the United States. Like we're really, there's one other operation I think in in Vermont or Maine, and that's it. So it's a very it's a very specialized operation, and you really only do it in places that get high snowfall. And we're lucky the Keweenaw Peninsula is one of those such places. Well, and people might be thinking, you know, they're listening right now, and they're thinking, well, hold it, this almost sounds like you're out in the middle of nowhere because you know, they haven't heard anything about snowmaking or about grooming because you don't do any of that. You don't need to. 
we leave it all natural. And what it does is by leaving it all natural, um, you know, real snow is much drier in content. And so that's why you see less icy conditions in Colorado and Utah um, than places like New York and, and Vermont, because without the snow making, um, that snow condenses down into a much drier base versus a heavier wet base. And that's why snow in Utah is considered the best snow in the world. And we think our Keweenaw snow though, is top five in the United States. It's a pretty nice dry lake effect powder. Not quite as dry as Utah, but I think it's very close to Colorado powder. Very, very close to Colorado powder. I work with a buddy of mine who is a really excellent skier and he's been really all over the country. He's been up to your place. And I'll tell you, he says skiing at Mount Bohemia is one of his favorite places to go to. He said, you know, the vertical's not what you could find like out west, for instance, but it, it is what he, you know, in air quotes says, is truly adventure skiing. Yeah, and, and, and what we're, what, what people need to maybe visualize when we think about this is it is adventure skiing. You're out in, you know, a lot of it's tree skiing where we clean out the big tree, the little trees. But the reason like Natural Geographic picked us is the terrain is so interesting. It's some of the best terrain that anyone who's skied all over the world will tell you. Bohemia has acre for acre, some of the most interesting skiable terrain. Yeah, I bet it does. That, that's actually what I hear is that, you know, you have this, this really interesting terrain. You have the highest vertical in Michigan. You have the longest runs in Michigan, the deepest powder. It, it just kind of goes on and on, Lonnie. And, and, I, and I could just go on and on about my admiration for what you and the team have done to make Mount Bohemia and Voodoo Mountain, such an interesting experience. I mean, the place is just simply remarkable. And, you know, as you were saying, Lonnie, uh, being listed in National Geographic's 100 best ski slopes in the world is pretty cool. So we should check uh, for that information. I'm gonna do a little search on, on Google for that right now, can't wait. But you should also go to michigan.org, learn more about Mount Bohemia, go up there, know before you go all the details, get your booking and have a great time. Here's the website to go directly. It is mtbohemia.com. And our thanks to Lonnie Gleberman for being with us today from Mount Bohemia. We're going to, we're gonna do a different thing now. We're gonna laugh. We need laughter. We'll have more on that next here on Travel Michigan where your trip begins at michigan.org. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. If there's one thing, I mean one thing that you could think of that we can all use a little bit right now of, I didn't say that well, but you know what I, what I mean. It's probably what this next, next guest is gonna talk about, and that is laughter. We need more smiles, we need, we need more laughter, maybe more so now than ever. I saw a stat the other day that two-thirds of Americans are saying they've never been more stressed out uh, in their lives, and then still a quarter of us didn't take all of our vacation time last year. That's just crazy. So let's make sure we do two things. Let's take our vacation time this year and let's go to Gilda's Laugh Fest in Grand Rapids. It's coming up March 16 through 20 in West Michigan. And to tell us all about it, let's bring in Zach Behrens. Zach is, uh, Zach, what is your title with uh, Gilda's Laugh Fest? 
Yeah, I am the events and festival manager. Uh, that's a great title. So, uh, Zach, um, I have to tell you, I am so looking forward to Gilda's Laugh Fest. Uh, you guys do such a great job. Were you the first in the country to do this type of a of a of a, an event? Well, thanks. Yeah, um, yeah. We uh, we always like to say that we're the first uh, community wide festival of laughter, um, and uh, for a long time have been um, one of the largest as well. Um, we're going into our twelfth year uh, now, and uh, you know we had to shift a little bit last year, and we're totally virtual last year. But we're excited to. Uh, Announce as we're saying, the laugh is back, and we're back in person for 2022. Oh, that's great to hear. Well, let's get to kind of the business end first, and then we'll get into the event itself, and and maybe some of the performers, and you know what we can expect. So, first off, uh, this is all a, a fundraiser. You started this as a fundraiser, still is a fundraiser for Gilda's Club of Grand Rapids. What is Gilda's Club? Yeah, Gilda's Club of Grand Rapids is uh, named after Gilda Radner, who uh, actually was uh, born and raised in Detroit, um, in the Detroit area. And um, Gilda's Club uh, was founded by her husband after she passed away from ovarian cancer, was founded by her husband and a friend and psychotherapist. Um, and it is a community of uh, support for folks uh, facing a uh, cancer diagnosis, a cancer journey. And then for Gilda's Club Grand Rapids, uh, what also makes us pretty special is that we are also a support community for folks experiencing a grief journey. So that could be for any reason, um, for, you know, if you lost somebody in your life for any reason. Um, we, are, we are there as a community uh, resource and as a emotional support organization for folks facing uh, cancer or grief. Well, how would, how would people get information about Gilda's Club? Yeah, gildasclubgr.org. Uh, um, that, that simple. Head on over there, and um, it will give you all of the information. Uh, we're always running new member meetings and uh, always have volunteer opportunities available, and all of that is on our website. And, um, you know, of course, in these uncertain times, um, we are, are proud that we were able to, uh, you know, transition to virtual um, uh, when the pandemic hit. And now uh, most of our, our groups are offered um, in a hybrid format. So yeah. uh, whether you're comfortable going into the clubhouse or just want to stay at home, um, you know, you can still get the resources and the support that, uh, that you need. Well, I was talking to um, our friend and uh, the voice of the Pure Michigan campaign, actor, stand-up comedian Tim Allen uh, last year, and he was telling me that he was very concerned about live performance venues, especially comedy clubs, uh, you know, because of COVID. He said, you know, he's, will people come back? And I think you've proven that people will come back if they have that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we are uh, very excited to have uh, a great lineup that we've announced, uh, and uh, we are bringing back some postponed shows from our 2020 um, festival, uh, and that includes Fortune Feimster, who is so popular that her first show is actually already sold out. So we decided to add a second one, um, and that's just uh, how much you know, kind of pent up demand there is in the community for folks to get out and uh, and laugh together. Yeah, how would you describe her comedy? Yeah, you know, Fortune is uh, a little bit of a, a firecracker. Um, she uh, she currently has um, 
uh, a Netflix special out called Too Sweet, Too Salty. Uh, actually, the Laugh Fest uh, 2020 uh, performance was supposed to be the kickoff of her brand new Too Sweet, Too Salty tour. So now here we are two years later, and she's finally going to be able to uh, perform uh, in Grand Rapids. Fantastic. Where will that uh, show uh, happen? Because, you know, y you do these performances not just in one venue. You seem to be everywhere. Yeah, that's correct. We, we utilize uh, a number of different venues throughout West Michigan uh, in Grand Rapids, but also in Lowell and, and occasionally in Holland as well. Um, so Fortune Feenster will be uh, at the Fountain Street Church uh, at 7 and 9.30 p.m. on Friday, March 18th. Now that 7 p.m. show is the one that I mentioned that's pretty much sold out. Uh, folks that happen to have purchased a ticket in 2020, uh, their tickets are still good for that show. So they can, uh, no need to exchange it or do anything with it. All they need to do is show up at the door day of the show and we will honor that that ticket for that 7 p.m. show. And like I mentioned, because that was so popular, we've added a second show at 9.30 that evening. Who else can you tell us about today? Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to bring back, speaking of bringing back, um, Maria Bamford. Uh, she's also a reschedule um, from our 2020 festival. And she will be at the Wealthy Theater, uh, which is a beautiful venue um, in Grand Rapids, uh, on Saturday, March 19th at 7 and 9.30. And again, if folks still have tickets from 2020, we will certainly honor them at the door. Um, but there are plenty of tickets available for that too. So, you know, if, if uh, you feel like, uh, Maria is a little bit more um, offbeat, uh, I'd say. She's, uh, you know, maybe not for everybody, but she's certainly got a strong point of view, and those who connect with her really connect with her. So. Well, and you know, for, for people who may have never gone to a stand-up comedy uh, uh, performance, yeah, at least today, a lot of the performers have a bit of salty language. You need to be prepared for that. I mean, and so I know there's kind of a mix of performers that you offer. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we like to say that not everybody laughs at the same thing, but everybody laughs. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, in that spirit, we try to program our festival for all tastes. So we've got everything from family-friendly um, shows, and uh, we've got an entire clean comedy series, which is, uh, you know, stand-up comedy without any vulgarity. But then we also have the Dirty Show, and we also have a few uh, a few performers that are, you know, a little bit out there. And so actually for folks that if they are, do have any concern about what they're going to see, we always encourage folks to, to research the artist before buying tickets. But we also on our site at laughsgr.org um, and on most of our print material as well, uh, we do have a bit of a kind of uh, guidance uh, for folks that kind of ranges from family friendly to clean comedy to what we call anything goes, which is uh, you know as it says anything can go. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you do you think that um, you know performers today still have to deal with those hecklers here and there? Do you ever notice that? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And and it's interesting. There's always you know artists always have different kind of techniques uh, to, to deal with that heckler, whether it's to address them head on or just kind of motion to security that, 
eh, it might be time for this person to uh, to leave the room. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, there are entire comics out there who've who've made a career out of basically bantering back and forth with their audience. And yes, so, well, it, well <laughs> it is kind of a tradition of the genre of entertainment, I suppose. So, I guess it makes sense. Hey, Zach, we only have about a, a minute and a half or so, but uh, you mentioned family-friendly uh, performers. Anybody in particular you want to mention? Yeah, well, you know, so uh, family-friendly, we're really uh, doing um, a bunch of family improv workshops and kids' jokes, joke times um, where, where kids can get on stage themselves and tell some jokes. That's always one of my favorite events. Um, but then, like I mentioned, we have that clean comedy series, which is uh, two shows a night uh, on March 16, 17, and 18 at the Wealthy Theater. Um, so that's 7 and 9.30 p.m. Uh, and that is uh, a uh, lineup of six comics uh, who are absolutely stellar um, but are able to perform uh, without the use of vulgarity or um, you know some of those more risque topics. Well, that that is very thoughtful of you because I mean that's pretty rare today in uh, in comedy. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Everybody uh, should consider going to Gilda's Laugh Fest and supporting this very great cause, Gilda's Club of Grand Rapids. So the website is laughfestgr.org. and you'll get I mean the schedule of information. Zach, do you order your tickets in advance? Yes, yep, yep. So you can go right on to our website, and that'll take you through to Ticketmaster, or you can just go directly to Ticketmaster.com and search LaughFest, and all the shows will be there. It's all great stuff. It is LaughFest, Gilda's LaughFest, coming to Grand Rapids the 16th through 20th of March. For more information, go to LaughFestGR.org. Our thanks to Zach Behrens for being with us today. And we're going to check out the charter fishing industry next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. At this time of the year, you might be thinking about ice fishing. Uh, you know, uh, it is that time of the year and uh, i remember when i was a kid my dad and my uncle we'd go out in our little shanty in west michigan we'd go on this little lake just off the muskegon river and we would get into that little shanty and we would fire up the wood stove and we had a great time that's a cool thing to do i really do think it's fun but for most people they want to go fishing when the weather's warmer, they can be in their short sleeves, they can either be on the side of the river or in the lake, or I know a lot of people would love to be in one of those beautiful charter boats. Well, those charter boats are everywhere all around Michigan, and there's an association called the Michigan Charter Boat Association. It's a very important group to us because they bring a lot of fun, a lot of uh, guests into the state as well. Let's talk about that association because it is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. Let me introduce you to Denny Grinold. He is the chair of the Michigan Charter Boat Association. Denny, it's good to have you on the program. Well, thank you. It's good to be here. So I need to ask you first, do you go fishing in wintertime, you know, when it's uh, ice fishing time, or do you save all your angling time for warmer weather? Well, running the business back in Lansing, they have to come back and catch up. Um, but 
Uh, only 66 days to launch. Yeah. We're looking forward to that and some warmer weather. We like to think about that as the weather in right now isn't quite there. But, <laughs> uh, we're looking forward to the season. Yeah, I, I figured you'd be more of a, a warm weather uh, angler yourself. Now, the association is 50 years old this year. Um, was there something that happened that, that brought about um, you know, the realization that it would be a good idea to have an association, or is it just by chance it started 50 years ago? Well, it is. Um, you know, the charter boat industry was spawned in the late 1960s with the rebirth of the Great Lakes fishery. The lakes had been devoid of sport fish for more than 20 years because of overfishing and invasion of sea lamprey mm -hmm. control. Yeah. Getting the sea lamprey control under, under uh, way, um, then the experimental planting of coho salmon in the mid-60s and Chinook salmon a short time later was successful beyond anyone's belief. Mm, yeah. The first catches of coho by sport fishermen occurred in 1967 and the first charter operators began in 1968 and, and by 1971 we've uh, on a warm evening in a bonfire on the mm. shores of Betsy Lake a handful of charter boat captains at the time um, decided that you know we need to get more involved with the fishery. Yeah, we had a lot of regulations and um, and other um, things that we needed to do and enhance the fishery. Work with the Department of Natural Resources. So we formed in May in 1972, and since then um, our success with our partners like uh, Michigan State and Sea Grant and and TICOM and so forth of enhanced. Yeah, well, and, and of course the DNR as well. Absolutely. So yeah. we have a good relationship with them. We provide a catch report uh, monthly uh, that they use to help manage the, the fishery. And um, So from that beginning uh, it was originally the, the Great Lakes Charter Boat Association then changed to the Michigan Charter Boat Association and um, went on from there. So We've had some notable events through the years, but we have some 600 charter boat captains operating in the state of Michigan. Wow. 1,900 that, that operate in the, in the Great Lakes region. Huh. So, I had, I had uh, no idea it's that many. I'm surprised. Well, I, I remember I was talking to Howard Tanner, who was the director of the Department of Natural Resources back then, I believe. And he was talking about when they reintroduced salmon, or introduced, I don't know which to the Great Lakes and he said it just completely changed the environment for us. Oh, absolutely. It, it turned into a world-class fishery and, um, you know, fishing is popular in the United States and nowhere is it more popular than the state of Michigan with uh, 3,000 miles of freshwater shoreline, 11,000 inland lakes, miles and miles of, of rivers and streams. You're never very, that far away from fishing in the mm -hmm. Great Lakes. That's true. I was out uh, this last, let's see, summer, early fall, I forget, with the under the radar uh, Michigan crew from uh, Public Broadcast uh, Service. And uh, we, we went out on a charter boat from Muskegon, and we went just a couple miles out. And first off, the ride was just spectacular. And then we we dropped the what do you call that when when you put the the lines out there? Yep, the cannonballs off the downriggers. Yeah, 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 the downriggers, and the fish started biting immediately. We got 
a couple of big salmon and a couple of uh, beautiful trout. I mean, we had to pull those lines in because we, we were able to get the shots in and everything, and we were done. But, man, it, it has to be a, a blast. Do, do most people go out there for more than, you know, like an hour or two? Well, most of the trips are probably maybe four hours at minimum um, by the time you get out to the lake and get the line set, and then you have to turn around and come back. But it averages about six hours, and there's all-day trips that are eight hours or more at occasions. Yeah, is there a, a standard price that people need to be aware of, or is it all over the place? It's pretty much all over the place. Uh, it depends on the area and, and what you're fishing for and the size of the boat and a number of other factors. Yeah. Now, what are the uh, the more popular places for people to uh, find the charter boats? Because, as you mentioned, did you say 600? There I mean a lot of them in Michigan. Yes. Um, and then go to the our website, michigancharterboat.com, and... Um, There'll be um, where you can locate, if you want a, a port like Frankfurt or Grand Haven or Holland or uh, Saginaw Bay, uh, you can pick out a charter. Each one has a website, including pricing, and what to expect, what to bring with you. And um, so they can find a lot of information right there. Now, I know that, you know, from Lake Michigan, where I'm, you know, typically... Uh, fishing most of the time when I get out. Not that I do it a lot, but that's where I normally do uh, my fishing. Um, and salmon is probably the salmon, you know, steelhead. They're probably the, you know, the fish that most people are looking for. What what are what are some of the more popular species that people are are fishing for in Michigan? And then where would they go to, for those those various species? Well, chinook seem to be the most uh, desired. Although, uh, you know, in both lakes, Huron and Superior in Michigan, you know, lake trout um, are there. Steelhead on occasion depends on the time of year and the time of day and the weather conditions and so forth. So, um, and then, of course, we've got the other side of the state, like in Saginaw Bay and Lake Erie, where walleye are seeked out. And so it all depends on what your taste would be. Yeah, in fact, I was just talking to one of your colleagues um, who has a charter boat in Lake Erie, and he was saying it's the best place to find walleye, at least from his perspective. Oh, of course, that that in Saginaw Bay, and it's a wow. it's a burgeoning fishery. It's very popular, and um, there's probably few few uh, more tasty fish than a walleye is. So. It all depends on how far away you want to drive and where you want to go and what you want to catch. Well, the great thing is that you have members all over the state, and as we uh, get into these next seasons of spring and summer, and then, of course, into the fall, your members are going to be out there ready to serve our needs. So that website you mentioned, Denny, it is michigancharterboats.com. That's where you go to get all the information about uh, the association itself, where they teach safety, and I know they're involved in, you know, you do all this, you know, environmental uh, awareness uh, program as well. So really happy to see the association is 50 years old this year. And for information about places to find the charter boats, so you can get out there, go to that website, michigancharterboats.com. Our thanks to Denny Grinnell for being with us today from the Michigan Charter Boats Association. And that's all the time we have for Travel Michigan. Today it went fast. Can't wait to talk to you already next week right here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling.